Welcome to Stage Crunchy and Milk. If you have questions or comments, we have multiple ways we can be reached. Twitter is, of course, the best way for those that need instant gratification. And the show's Twitter feed is at SkimPod, S-K-I-M-P-O-D. Stage Crunchy. For the more patient amongst you, the email address for the show is podcast at stagecrunchyandmilk.com. Crunchy again being spelled with a K. Crunchy. Hey, feel free to give us a call at 216-264-6311. That's 216 216- 264-6311. We're available by Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere. Fine podcasts are available. And of course, at the website, stagecrunchymilk.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share wherever possible, including on YouTube, where we can now be found at Stays Crunchy. And over on Twitch, we're still Stays Crunchy in Milk. Our personal Twitters are Tatum216, Lunchbox2099, The Real ODP. And I'm your host, the internet's Tay Rail 713. Stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy, stays crunchy. When you first start rhyming, it started off slow. And then you start climbing. But it wasn't fast enough, I guess. So you gave your other style a test. You was hardcore hip-hop. Now look at yourself, boy. You done flip-flop, giving our music away to the mainstream. Don't you know they ain't down with the team? They just sent their boss over, put a bug in your ear, and now you're crossed over on MTV, but they don't care. They'll have a new nigga next year. You're out in the cold. No more white fans and no more soul. And you might have a heart attack when you find out the black folk don't want you back. And you know what's worse? You was just like that nigga in the first verse. Stop selling out your race. And wipe that stupid ass smile off your face. Niggas always gotta show their teeth. Now I'ma be brief, be true to the game. Hello and welcome to it. It's Stage Crunchy and Milk, it's episode 466, and we're at the maximum permissible level of interference in a telephone channel. <laughs> I'm your host, Dinner Saber 713. And it's and it's it's just me and a homie Tatum 216, my home, you know what I'm saying, best friend, homeboy. That's it. That's all you get tonight. Gabe's in the full, and it has uh, little to no internet service in his current location. Even having, even after having paid for Starlink, which is supposed to get him high speed internet anywhere on the goddamn globe, proving Elon Musk is all kinds of a liar. <laughs> I know. I said we would probably have some Daniel this week, but Daniel is not up. Is 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 is, uh, is feeling a bit under the weather. And so, Oops. therefore, we you get no day tonight. He probably watching the foosball. The foosball. Yeah. You see who is? I think it's the the Bears. The Bears. The Bears versus the Commodores. If I'm not missing the Commodores, Commanders. <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty cool no. if it was the Commodores. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of having football helmets, this is big old afros. <laughs> Singing lovely tunes on the field, no, wouldn't get no CTE that way. Yeah. So it's just us two, which means we're gonna keep it jam packed with uh, news and stuff and so forth and so on. It'll be a fun show, it'll be a brief show, and uh, nothing wrong with that at all. So I might as well get you with some news up front. So let's go. Let's update from a story we gave you last week. Fisherman indicted on criminal charges for Lake Erie walleye trail cheating scandal. This is from Sam Allard over at a. Uh, Cleveland scene, uh, the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office announced Wednesday that a grand jury has indicted fishermen Jacob Runyon, 42, and Chase Kaminsky, 35, on a number of criminal counts 
stemming from the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament cheating scandal on September 30th. The fishermen were found to have inserted lead weights into the fish they submitted at the championship event at, held at Gordon Park. The video, which drew nationwide attention, if the weights had been undiscovered, Runyon and Kaminsky could have won the event and taken home nearly $30,000 in winnings. The grand jury indicted the pair on cheating, attempted grand theft, possessing criminal tools, and the unlawful ownership of wild animals. Did they have those fish that whole time before they put some weights in them? I don't know. The un- Oh, here we go. <laughs> There's an explanation that I just could have kept reading. The unlawful ownership of wild animals charge, according to the prosecutor's office, relates to the possession of fish fillets on board Kaminsky's boat. Yeah, because they have also stuffed... Um, fish fillets, yeah, we talked about it. But is it illegal to have fish? Um, I guess um, in that manner, maybe? I don't or- think you'll get that with a stick. I mean, you, usually just like what you know, with any other thing, they they try to throw the, a bunch throw of charges at you, at you, yeah, and see which uh, which ones are actually uh, you know get them indicted. Uh, if convicted, Ryan and Kaminsky could have their fishing licenses indefinitely suspended. Mm. <laughs> the three other counts are fifth degree felonies. Can you imagine catching the f off of this and carry punishments of up to one year in prison and up to twenty five hundred dollars in fines? So, but is it? Like fifth, the the best. Like first degree is real bad, but fifth yeah. is like eh, is just is, we just got over misdemeanor. Yeah, just and they probably yeah they probably just got over the misdemeanor line because of the money involved. Because um, it, the the prize money was twenty thousand dollars, right? Or twenty almost twenty nine, almost thirty thousand. It was twenty nine and some change. Okay. Uh, I take all crime very seriously, and I believe what these individuals attempted to do was not only dishonorable, but also criminal, said Prosecutor Michael C. O'Malley in a press release. Tuesday morning, oh, author- O'Malley. Tuesday morning, authorities in Mercer County, Pennsylvania, executed a, a, a search warrant and seized Kaminsky's boat and trailer. The, invest- the investigation and seizure was a joint effort between the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, the prosecutor's office, the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission, and the Mercer County's DA office. Kaminsky's boat and trailer are now in the possession of the ODNR. And I just noticed on the, on the on the corner here, you know, on the right side of the screen, they had another story that said, this isn't the first time Cleveland walleye fisherman Jacob Brangan has been accused of cheating. We interviewed him after the last incident. So, I mean, clearly my man is a, is a no-known. I won't read you that story, but uh, how interesting that this man then caught charges and is a cheat and, and is apparently a known cheater. And that's probably all going to come out in the wash during this here uh, trial. Trial? You think this goes to trial? Um, take that bitch to trial. <laughs> take that bitch to I trial. I, I think this would definitely be uh, best if they plead out because, um, man, taking this to trial is a waste of the taxpayer's money. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. True indeed. It, it, it's going to cost you more to, to, to prosecute this uh, this case. Then it would be what they could have made off the damn uh, fishing situation. So I mean, if if they actually take this shit to trial, like they already make fun of Ohio for so much shit all the time. Um, You gotta have a thick skin about it. (laughs) (laughs) It'd just be more news about this, like day day fifteen of the of the fish trial. 
And the wild part is, now I, now I see these motherfuckers ain't even from here. At least one of them ain't from here. It's like, these motherfuckers coming from out of state, setting up bullshit. Disrespectful. Yeah. Giving Take us a bad trial. <laughs> uh, next story. I thought this was pretty dope. Uh, this is from the Innocence Project. And uh, this is how Discovery Channel's Mythbusters helped a wrongfully convicted man prove his innocence. Mm. John Galvin was arrested at 18 and spent 35 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. This is by Daniel Selby. In 2007, John Galvin was about 21 years old, tw- excuse me, 21 years into a life sentence for a crime he didn't commit. When he saw something on the prison television he thought might finally help him prove his innocence and secure his freedom. A rerun of an episode of the Discovery Channel's Mythbusters. The episode, Hollywood on Trial, which originally aired in 2005, sees the show's hosts, Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage, attempt to pre- reproduce famous scenes and commonly use plot devices from Hollywood films with the goal of ascertaining their scientific validity. The pair and their team investigated whether a person can break down a door with four types of locks, whether a sinking ship like the Titanic can actually create a whirlpool, and whether a lit cigarette can really ignite a pool of gasoline. It was the last of these three questions that caught Mr. Galvin's interest. In September 1986, a fire broke out in a two-flat apartment building in southwest Chicago, killing brothers Guadalupe and Julio Martinez. Their siblings, Blanca and Jorge, managed to escape the fire and told police that a female neighbor had threatened to burn the building down as retaliation for her own brother's death. The woman believed her brother had been killed by the street gang Latin Kings, of which Jorge may have been a member. When police questioned the woman, she denied any involvement and instead pointed to Mr. Galvin. Police also interviewed neighbors in the area, including Jose Ramirez and Rene Rodriguez, who alleged that Mr. Galvin, his brother and the brother of Arthur Almendarez, Mr. Galvin's neighbor, had been involved in starting the fire. Although Mr. Galvin had been asleep at his grandmother's the night of the fire and no other evidence indicated his involvement in the fire, police ultimately arrested him and his brother, as well as Mr. Almendarez and his brother. Detective Victor Switsky, who led the interrogation, handcuffed Mr. Galvin to a wall and proceeded to interrogate and intimidate him for hours, Hmm. pressing the eight-year-old to implicate the others in the crime in order for him to return home. Deceptive tactics like offering leniency in exchange for a confession or falsely telling children they can go home if they confess have been identified as risk factors for false confessions and young people are especially vulnerable to falsely confessing as a result of these tactics. In 2021, Illinois and Oregon became the first states to ban the use of deception during interrogation of minors. But at the time, Mr. Galvin's interrogation deception at the time of Mr. Galvin's interrogation, deception could still legally be used in interrogations of youth. Unfortunately, so it's only two states uh, so far that we know of that entrapment is not <laughs> is not um, is illegal only in two states. Yeah. Unfortunately, deceptive remains illegal in interrogations of adults in every state oh, and can shit. still and still legally be employed against youth in 46 states. When Mr. Galvin asserted his innocence, Detective Switsky beat him, Mr. Galvin said. Though through the walls, his older brother Isaac listened helplessly to the detective's yelling and John's cries. Since then, several other people have testified to being tortured by Detective Switsky and the other detectives who coerced confessions from John and Mr. Almendares. Detective Switsky also threatened John, telling him he would face the death penalty and end up laying next to his late father. 
Eventually, John couldn't take it anymore and agreed to give a confession that was completely fabricated by the detectives to end the abuse. The statement claimed that John Almendarez and Francisco Nanez, Mr. Almendarez's brother-in-law, had started the fire by throwing a bottle filled with gasoline at the building and then tossing a cigarette into the pool of gasoline on the porch to ignite it. John, Mr. Almendarez, and Mr. Nanez, 18, 20, and 22 respectively at the time, were all convicted and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Hope sparked by a rerun. In his cell, a 39-year-old John watched as the host of Miss Brothers Mythbusters struggled repeatedly to ignite a pool of gasoline with a lit cigarette. Despite fervent attempts, based on the ignition temperature of gasoline and the temperature range of a lit cigarette, the show's host had initially hypothesized that a lit cigarette might be able to ignite spill gasoline as they had seen on TV and movies. But after several failed attempts to start a fire, including rolling a lit cigarette directly into a pool of gasoline, the team determined it was highly unlikely that a dropped cigarette into gasoline could cause a fire. There it was, John recalled thinking. Once I saw it, I couldn't wait to tell Tara, he said, referring to his attorney, his attorney Tara Thompson, who at the time had just taken on John's case at the Exoneration Project at the University of Chicago's Law School. She continued to represent John when she joined the Innocence Project in 2021. John was also later represented by the Exoneration Project's Joshua Tepfer, who also later represented Mr. Almendarez. I remember I was excited. I was extremely happy because just because that just added to the other things that were coming t- together at the time. I felt like finally this is starting to all come out, John recalled. At the time, John caught the rerun. He had been working on his third post-conviction petition, and it recently learned of others who had been abused by Detective Switsky. Serendipitously, Mrs. Tom- Ms. Thompson had caught the, the same rerun. It was honestly shocking to me. I feel all of us have seen movies like Payback is a famous one (laughs) where they light gasoline in the street with a cigarette and a car explodes. And I really had never given much thought to whether or not that might be real. She said, when I watched RoboCop too, when I watched this, Oh, well, there you go. When I watched this Mythbusters episode as a lawyer, it made me realize that there are things you have to look deeper into. You can't assume that you understand the science until you've looked into it. After talking to John, Ms. Thompson realized they needed to investigate the arson science aspect of this case further. Uh, this uh, article goes on and on. And again, the link will be in the show notes so you can continue reading on it. But uh, when it's all said and done, uh, 2019, an appellate, uh, an appellate court granted uh, John post-conviction relief on the grounds of actual innocence, a rarity in Illinois. Largely based on the abuse used to coerce a false confession from John, the court concluded that without John's false confession, which he did not give voluntarily, the, ca- the state's case was non-existent. Although John, Mr. Almendarez, and Mr. Nanez were granted new trials, but soon after a judge decided they would also they would only receive a suppression hearing, which would allow them to motion to suppress their false confession confessions instead of granting them a new trial. At the hearing, their motions were denied. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Finally, in 2022, after new appeals, John and Mr. Almendaris had their convictions vacated and were granted new trials that prosecutors later decided not to pursue. On July 21st, Mr. Nana's conviction was also vacated. And that same day, after a combined 105 years in prison for crimes they didn't commit, all three men were exonerated and the office of the Cook County State's Attorney Office dismissed their cases. Yeah, that's um, that's nuts. I know um, Ohio is one of the states where um, they they really fight that shit. If you um, you know get released, you 
you are most likely not getting paid for your time um, being yeah. falsely accused. Correct. They actually <clears throat> set laws in place to fuck people over for false imprisonment. That's why we say, let's let's clarify this position right now. All cops are bastards. Not some cops. Not that cop you like because he bought you bought you an ice cream once. All cops. Not because he did a fun dance with you with your friends. Or play basketball with you? All cops. Just point that to you and be done with it. And send me this one, and I thought it'd be pretty fun because I'm saying we gonna go up. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna give you another piece of shit story, and then we'll we'll do the fun one. <laughs> we'll wrap. We'll wrap it. We'll, I don't want to go out on a, on a sad one. So, uh, uh, this is from the AP. Uh, comedians sue over drug search program at Atlanta airport. This is Kate Brumback, like I said, over at AP. Atlanta. Comedians Eric Andre and Clayton English are challenging a police program at the Atlanta airport they say violates their constitutional rights of the airline passengers, particularly black passengers, through racial profiling, coercive searches, just as, and coercive searches just as they are about to board their flights. Lawyers for the two men filed a lawsuit Tuesday in federal court in Atlanta alleging that they were racially profiled and illegally stopped by Clayton County Police at Hartsfield-Jackson-Atlanta International Airport. The two men, well-known comedians and actors, say officers singled them out during separate stops roughly six months apart because they are black and grilled them about drugs and other as other passengers watch. People were gawking at me and I looked suspicious when I, when I had done nothing wrong, Andre said in an interview calling the experience dehumanizing and demoralizing. While, they state, while the stated purpose of the program is to fight drug trafficking, the lawsuit says Drugs are rarely found, criminal charges seldom result, and seized cash provides a financial windfall for the police department. Mm-hmm. Clayton County police officers and investigators from the county district attorney's office selectively stop passengers in the narrow jet bridges used to access planes, the lawsuit says. The officers take the passengers' boarding pass and identification and interrogate them, sometimes searching their bags before they board their flights, the lawyers say in a lawsuit. The police department calls the stops consensual encounters and say they are random. But in reality, the stops rely on coercion and targets are selective, selected disproportionately based on their race. The lawyers argue Clayton County police spokesperson Julia Isaac said the department does not comment on pending litigation. Police records show that from August 30th, 2020 to April 30th, 2021, there were 402 jet bridge stops and the pastor's race was listed for 378 of those stops. Of those 378 pastors, 211, or 56%, were black, and people of color accounted for 258 total stops, or 68%, the lawsuit says. Those 402 stops resulted in three reported drug seizures. About 10 grams of drugs from one pastor, 26 grams of suspected THC gummies from another, and six prescription pills without a prescription from a third, the lawyer says. Only the first and third were charged. Those 402 stops also yielded more than $1 million in cash and money orders from a total of 25 pastors. You can't have all but, all but one were allowed to continue their travels, and only two, the ones who also had drugs, were charged, the lawsuit says. Eight of the 25 challenged the seizures, and Clayton County Police settled each case, returning much of the seized money, the lawsuit says. Carrying large quantities of cash doesn't mean someone is involved in illegal drug activity, the lawyers argue in a lawsuit 
noting that people of color are less likely to have bank accounts and are more likely to carry large sums when they travel. English was stopped while flying from Atlanta, where he lives, to, to L.A. for work on October 30th, 2020, the lawsuit says. Andre had finished a shoot for HBO's The Righteous Gemstones and was traveling from Charleston, South Carolina, to his home in L.A. on April 21st, 2020, when he was stopped after a layover in Atlanta. Officers blocked them as they entered the jet bridge and asked if they were carrying illegal drugs, the lawsuit says. Both were asked to hand over their boarding passes and ID. An officer said he wanted to search English's bag, and English agreed, not believing he had a choice. I felt completely powerless. I felt violated. I felt cornered, English said in a news conference outside the federal courthouse in Atlanta. You said I felt like Alex I, English, right? This is, uh, did I say Alex English? If I did, I, I, Clayton English. Clayton okay. English. Yeah. Uh, Andre complained about his stop right after it happened. Clayton County Police said at the time that it was consensual. Mr. Andre chose to speak with investigators during the initial encounter, the department said in a statement posted on Facebook. During the encounter, Mr. Andre voluntarily provided investigators information as his travel plans. Mr. Andre also voluntarily consented to a search of his luggage, but the investigators chose not to do so. Andre said he felt a moral calling to bring the lawsuit so these practices can stop and these cops can be held accountable for this because it's unethical. I have the resources to bring national attention and international attention to this incident. It's not an isolated incident, he said. If black people don't speak up for one another, who will? One of the the lawyers who filed the lawsuit, NYU School of of Law Policing Project co-founder Barry Friedman, encouraged anyone else who's had similar experiences to get in touch. The lawsuit names Clayton County and the police chief, as well as four police officers and a district attorney office investigator. It alleges violations of the constitutional rights that protect against unreasonable search and seizures and against racial discrimination. The comedians seek a jury trial and ask the Clayton County Police Jet Bridge interdiction program be declared unconstitutional. They also seek compensatory compensatory and punitive damages as well as legal costs. So I Uh, guess what I need to um, to look up is. So when I'm going on a trip and I take like my, um, you know, my my Sunday through um, Saturday uh, thing with me, is that considered um prescription drugs without a um without, without in they're they're supposed to be in the bottle you're supposed to take them with you in the bottle hmm. and uh and though like i said you're smart that 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 takes less space gives you less of an opportunity to lose your medicine you know what i'm saying because you know how it is you can lose your luggage anywhere yeah. it's smart that if, if that you would like be like i'm just gonna take what i need on the road with me but again all cops Okay, not some, not a few, not some bad apples, all. And we'll be done with that. Anyway, Ant sent me this one, and I thought it was pretty groovy. 12 Reasons Why Cleveland is the Most Unique City in America. This was uh, by Nikki Rhodes over at Only in Your State. As an eclectic city with a long history, Cleveland is bound to be home to some unique attractions and people in the world and people. in okay, that was a weirdly written sentence to me. We've been in, we've been hiding our splendor from the world under the sarcastic, sarcastic guise of the mistake on the lake. Again, don't sign off on that, (laughs) but it's common knowledge to us Clevelanders that our city is something truly special. In fact, locals could even argue that Cleveland is the most unique city in the country and they'd be right. 
There are many things that make us a unique city, but these 12 items are perhaps the most noteworthy. We like to maintain, number one, because I guess this goes one to 12, we like to maintain a healthy amount of local lore. From the tortured soul of, of Jock Osat to the iconic black tears that streak down the Harasat angel's face, there's an incredible collection of legend that's hailing from Cleveland's past. Generations after generations pass these stories down, preserving them in an aspect of our own culture that we don't even even realize is important. Even in our most ridiculous legends are little pieces of what made Cleveland so special, and we think that's worth keeping alive. Number two, you can spot structures in our city that you aren't likely to find anywhere else in the world. And for this, they have uh, an image of the free stamp downtown, which I think is I always thought was dope. And uh, even st- even to this day, I do. The Free Stamp is one of the most infamous structures, most because many Clevelanders look upon its existence with disdain. I just told you I thought it was dope. So, <laughs> regardless of our people, uh, yeah, without, regardless of our love hate relation with this iconic monument, we can admit that we probably won't encounter another giant rubber stamp during our travels. Cleveland is the real birthplace of the last son of Krypton, a fact that I am fully aware of. You may have heard that Superman was born on Krypton, but the truth is he was born right here in Cleveland to the great minds of high school students, writers Jerry Siegel and artist Joe Schuster. It seems fitting that an all-American icon comes from a classic city like Cleveland, Ohio. Number four, Cleveland has a history of aiming for the stars. Cleveland's Glenn Research Center is one of 10 places in the nation where NASA develops new technology for its aeronautics and space exploration. Our own research center dates back to 1942, way before space travel was on the National Advisory Committees for Aeronautics radar. Though the facility is fairly easy to overlook, it generates an annual $700 million in economic activities. Let me give you a quick little something-something. If you remember in the first Avengers movie, the big facility they were in when the Dr. Eric Selvig and Nick Fury were looking at the Tesseract, that is the giant like vacuum chamber at NASA Glenn Research Center because they filmed a good chunk of Avengers here in this city, even though it took place in, everywhere. Like we said, we were we stood in place for New York. We stood in place for Stuttgart, Germany, so forth and so on. And like I said, it's cool that they got to use NASA's big old uh, chamber for a scene in that movie. And you can kind of see what the it looks like and be like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Uh, number five, holiday cheer brought the nation throughout throughout the nation can trace its roots to Cleveland. Because, of course, American greetings is headquartered here. Cleveland is the headquarters for American greetings, the greeting card company that has brought people close together for generations. Despite 112 years of business, the company remains family owned. Hmm. Uh Buddy, uh, Buddy's mom used to work there, and uh, they fired her and outsourced a lot of the people work they do to India. So, uh, fuck American greetings. <laughs> uh, six, our cuisine scene is truly impressive. This is something I can sign off on. No matter what you're craving, you can find it in Cleveland. From hot dogs piled high with Fruit Loops to traditional pierogies, just like your Slavic baba used to make. We've got a mm. bit of everything you could ask for in the, in a foodie town. Uh, we really have some amazing entry restaurant tours and chefs and cooks in this town. And uh, I, I could highly recommend you get down with the get down when it comes to that. They, they are not fucking around. You can find a little bit of everything here from like gorgeous uh, French patissier to, uh, you know, a fucking uh, uh, 
uh, Polish with with French fries and uh, you know, Cleveland style barbecue sauce on it. So yeah, we 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 do live in a <clears throat> a sweet spot where um, we get to know about a di- a bunch of different kinds of cuisine cuis- cuisines. Like I was listening to um, uh, Carl's um, podcast. Or they talk about um, <clears throat> Gossip Girl, yeah. and they they kind of knew what pierogies were. But I was like, um, I was like, like when you listen to most podcasts, like you yelling at the, you know, at the radio, <laughs> like this is what I know what pierogies are. Sorry, um, I can help you. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it interesting that pierogies are not uh, have, have I guess they have an ability to be not known. You know, it's just so normal and um, <clears throat> as, as such a normal part of my life. Uh, number seven, locals embrace the wonderfully weird with open arms. We love a bit of kooky fun, and Cleveland is overflowing with epic places where we can indulge in the bizarre. From the Buckland Museum of Witchcraft to the D- Dittrich Muse- uh, Medical Museum, there are plenty of places that effortlessly allow Cleveland the opportunity to embrace its the delightfully weird. Fair enough. Number I did not know Cleveland. about the Witches Museum. When I Same. read that, I was surprised. Uh, number eight, Cleveland is the birthplace and continuous home of rock and roll. DJ Alan Freed is credited with ter- using the term rock and roll as early as 1951 on a local radio station, WJW, making Cleveland the birthplace of a musical, a musical revolution. The presence of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ensures that we celebrate that reputation and act as the modern home of the genre. Uh, some very special people hail from the land. Pictured here, Margaret Hamilton, perhaps best known as the Wicked Witch of the West. Hamilton was born in Cleveland in 1902 and grew up performing in the city. You may also recognize the name Jesse Owens, the Olympic gold medalist who first gained recognition while a high school track student here in Cleveland. Or James Abram Garfield, the 20th president of the United States, who was born and raised in greater in the greater in greater Cleveland. And of course, I, the city I is drive all- by um, his house um, quite a not quite a bit, but a couple a couple times a month. Often enough. And of course, the city's also home to you and me, proving that Cleveland produces some unique and driven pers- personalities. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Newt Rockney, the famous uh, Notre Dame coach, uh, was born here in Cleveland. I know that seems weird, and a lot of people probably don't know who the hell Newt Rockney is. But I remember when I used to live over in Ohio City, I used to walk by that house all the time because, you know, they got one of those plaques outside to say, mm-hmm. who was, you know, why is this historically important? And Newt Rockney was born in this town. Wasn't so. Bob Hope born here too? Bob Hope, yeah, the Hope Memorial Bridge. Bob Hope people was big enough deal in this town that the bridge that the Guardians that our baseball teams are named after, mm-hmm. the Hope Memorial Bridge, is is named after his people. So yeah. Yeah. Bob Hope. Um Holly, Holly Berry, um, I think she's Bedford, but that's still northeastern Ohio. I mean, yeah, you know, we bang. Molly Shannon. Um, yes, yeah. Um, David Wayne, Drew Carey. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Drew Carey, yeah. Steve Harvey, um, yeah. Gerald Levert, Arsenio Hall. Or, yeah, I used to crack yeah. up when I was little when he used to um, say he used to drive to California every day, but then <laughs> um, you know, of course, that wasn't true. Yeah. Uh, number ten. Cleveland has been influenced and shaped by cultures from all around the world. This is a very true statement. 
intercultural exchange is evident everywhere one looks, from the architecture up to our cuisine. Cleveland is a city that loves to celebrate its roots, which have been immortalized in the cultural gardens of Rockefeller Park. Yes. This town, we have a ton of Eastern European influence here. We have a, a pretty pretty present Greek community, not as big as Detroit's Greek community, but a, a substantially sized Greek community. We have uh, a decent West Indian community. And, and, and like it's like it's a lot of folk here. A lot of uh, uh, people from Belize now call Cleveland home. So, like I said, we got a real interesting uh, makeup in this town. So I fuck with it. Uh, there is a whole lot to love in Cleveland. I don't know if this, this they, they they gave themselves a freebie with this one. There's so much to love. In fact, that the first oh there we go there we go. I, I see what they're doing here. The hmm. first sweetest day was celebrated here in 1921. During that celebration, the biggest celebrities of the day handed out candy to locals. Today, the holiday has more of a romantic connotation and is celebrated throughout the Midwest. I can guarantee you, if you are, let's say, my man Shelfie, who lives on the West Coast of California and has been there his entire life, California surfer dude, uh, he has never heard of Sweetest Day. Unless he has been had it brought up to him by people who are from uh, you know from around these parts. Because it's simply not something that gets far. Uh, people seem to know about it in southern Michigan, but you go a little too far up and it's like it just disappears immediately. And they know about it in this general neck of the woods. But if you go far enough west, they don't even know about uh, Sweetest Day. You know what I'm saying? That shit don't show up. It's, so Sweetest Day. Uh, made up by Hallmark. Well, no, it was. So, so Sweetest Day is a really dope kind of uh, tradition. It used to be that uh, people uh, basically gave gifts to like children in uh, like the fucking. Uh, from, from what I read, it's, it was. For like homeless people, like giving out yeah. uh, gifts, uh, gifts to homeless people in the downtrodden. Um, yeah, yeah, the kids in the damn uh, what you call it when they got to be adopted, the orphanages. Orphans, yeah, yeah, and uh, the little orphans was getting treats and stuff like that. And so it was, it was kind of like nice in that in that regard. And now, of course, it's just like basically Valentine's Day Part Two, the sequel, and uh, we don't <laughs> fuck with that. At least I don't fuck with that. I don't fuck with Valentine's Day to begin with. I'm definitely not fucking with Sweetest Day. It's fucking mediocre ass Midwest replacement. <laughs> Uh, number 12, Cleveland is the best location in the nation. Who said that? That used to be somebody, somebody used to say it on the news all the time. I don't know. Maybe Dick Goddard. It might be a Dick Goddard uh, banger. It's undeniable. We have a bit of everything here in Cleveland and we truly adore our hometown. There's no place in the world like Cleveland and we wouldn't have it any other way. We love our zany city and everything that it entails. And locals adore that our city has a tendency to lean toward the unusual and bizarre. Life in the land is fun, and our unique cityscapes ensure that we are never, ever bored. For more of Cleveland's unique attractions, find out why it made the National Geographic's Traveler's Best of the World list. When you visit, visit, be sure to stay at some of the most unique accommodations that you'll find anywhere, from haunted hotels to a mansion that stay at the sprawling Glinton House. Cleveland has it all. Cleveland rocks. Right on. That was a that was a little bit of a a, 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 a bit more puffy than I than I expected, <laughs> but uh, still I love my city and I love to share share with you. And like I said, that's just a little bit of something, something Cleveland man. We we bang man. I'm telling you that. And then and people come through and they be like, oh shit, you was right. Yeah, like I know we bang. I'm not lying to you. <laughs> but that is the news of the week, and this is when I hand the reins of this program over to my man Ant. Uh, first up, as always, it's Tatum. What's good, baby? Well, I did something kind of um, interesting over the weekend. <clears throat> now, 
we've been to different uh, pumpkin patches and stuff like that over the years, but um, uh, we went to Patterson's Fruit Farm on um, this week. Well, I, I guess it was last weekend, and when this comes out, two weekends ago. <laughs> um, it's not that. I mean, it's close. It's in Geauga County. Okay. Um, but it's not far from where I live. Um, where I saw my nephews on a horse. A pony? Yeah, they were on 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 their on the pony. Um, it was funny because like, you know, Emery really really loves animals. He's he really wants a cat or a dog, but that is not gonna happen. Um, I mean, maybe when they're older, I'll get a pet or something like that. But for right now, man, it, it's not gonna happen. Anywho, <laughs> he was very very comfortable on the horse. Anthony, who who had been on a pony before, didn't seem as comfortable at first. But the I'm, I I kind of feel like the the pony picked up on it. It was going super slow. I like that. Um, but we, you know, started off our day with a. It was a tractor ride when we got there. Um. And I would like to say that shit went way too fast for it to be like nothing to nothing to hold on to, um, and it was just like um, it pulled off at like thirty miles per hour. I was like, man, so my man dropped dropped the gas on that bitch. Like we out. <laughs> yeah, we did the tractor run. Um, it was like um, a, a a haystack like like play area. Which was kind of disgusting to me, but you know, I I let the kids do it. The one thing I did not let them do was it was this whole like big ass bucket of or like a big play area full of um dried corn and people was just stepping in and stuff. I was just like, um, I didn't I didn't even mention it again when we walked past it. We kept we we never came back to it. Um, we did the corn maze, which was pretty fun. Um, I, t- I didn't try to scare the kids, but I had like went my own way for a minute. And I was just like, that is not a good idea. But <laughs> I'm glad it was just corn and I could just walk my way back through because taking yourself off the path could could have been pretty bad. Um, you know, we it was like a bunch of different slides and stuff and um we also, um, you know, got some food while we were there. All I wanted was an apple fritter. My partner, she wanted a um, a funnel cake. We got that. We got some kettle corn, which this kettle corn, I don't know. It was it was okay, but I'm not really a. Um, I don't like mixing sweet and salty too much. Yeah. Um. But this kettle corn, it was just like it was just sweet, which wasn't that good. Um, we also like did like a like it was like a a horse drawn uh, like a horse drawn carriage. That was okay, but that shit was bumpy as hell. Uh, I kind of feel like it was only like ten dollars per person, which you got to do a lot of stuff for. Not a bad price. Um, Cause usually, but well, I guess we didn't get shit free though. So I guess that maybe <laughs> I still ten dollars is pretty good. 
Like we could have picked apples, but we we didn't do that. But then apples would have been weighed by the pound. Um, and plus, like I don't, I only like Granny Smith apples. Um, really, y'all like not a Pink Lady or a Gala fan, eh? No, none of those. None of, no no other apples I, I will eat. Um, Macintosh. Like I think the rest of them have like a papery texture to them. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really dig that. The the Granny Smith is kind of sour. It's just the perfect apple for me. Um, I mean, I don't know um, exactly where Granny Smiths come from, but um, that's the ones I like. Not your grandma's house. You just, you like the tartness of them? Yes, yeah. I like the tartness of them. Um, so that was pretty much it. After um, we did that. Um, <laughs> we were on our way out. Uh, we were looking for because I seen um, somebody had some um some apple cider donuts. I was like, maybe we should get a couple of those, but we never found those. And then Emery uh picked up a, a pumpkin and um and dropped it on the ground, so we had to leave in a hurry. He didn't break it, <laughs> but still, <laughs> it was in bad taste. Uh, so that 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 was my trip to the the Patterson Fruit Farm. It was pretty good. Um, I feel like um, I would like to go again, maybe um, maybe next year, or if anybody is in Northeastern Ohio, say, uh, I think it's like open until the the third year for something like that. So it's a pretty good thing to do. And um, I guess this is part two of um, Halloween songs that. My, my kids are into now. Um, so the, I was on the same Amazon list for uh, kids Halloween music. And um, I don't know. My Emery's favorite color is purple. Just, it always has been. Probably always will be. And um, so I call him a purple people eater. And he was like, what that? What is that? I was like, it's a, it's a, it's a Halloween song. Or it's a, it's a, I don't know really if it's a Halloween song or not, but like um, I played it for him in a car, and um, I guess it's it's a little bit more safe than to listen to the Nightmare on My Street. So that's what we've been listening to the last couple of days in the car. And I looked about the the history of it a little bit. Um. It's really not that interesting. It's an old song that that was recorded in May of 1958 by Shelby Woolley. Huh. It was a one what is it? One eyed, one horn, blind purple pea eater? Um or flying purple pea eater. Yes, flying purple people eater. Okay. And if you notice, they they were saying like he eats purple people. So if you're not purple, then you're cool. Oh yeah, purple people eater. There you go. Yeah, he's I, not. Purple. I, I think we're, I think we were all in our head thinking that he was pur- the the monster was Pete purple and was eating people, but no, yeah. he eats purple people. Yes, which must be rare. <laughs> only Prince. Only Prince. <laughs> oh my gosh! So hopefully, um, you know, other than just the Adams Family song, I can get them to listen to, um, you know, something else. I like. Um, Kind of mixing it up when it comes to stuff they listen to. Um, it was funny. I was listening to NYC Everything the other day, or yeah. I was I was flipping past it. Emery's like, "No, go back to that." 
<laughs> I was like, all right. So yeah, he he's the uh, he. I mean, Anthony is in theater. He takes theater classes um, at school every Wednesday, um, and he's enjoying that. And like I said, he was like, uh, he's not picking on people, but but he's like. Um, Hey, um, you can't sing. Don't don't sing that. Or I, I, I'm the only one who can sing in the house. And when I was singing something, he's like, "I didn't know you could sing." That was a good song. I was like, "I mean, I really wasn't singing, but I, I get you." So, and that was um pretty much it. It was it's been a you know up and down week, but um hopefully. With um, you know, the coming holiday, we can get some more Halloween songs in, and I can tell you guys more about it. There you go. You got to get your get your get your Halloween. I'm trying to think, man. Do I have I done anything this week that it, that requires a discussion? And I just, I mean, I, like I, said, I would tell you that I uh, no, you know, honestly, God, what I, I what I what I what I did was I started working on this the show that went up today, Saturday of this weekend, because I was supposed to record something with Chalfie last night. Mm-hmm. With a bunch of other dudes, and so I was like, "Well, that's normally my edit night, but let me just get it taken care of early." That... No, well, I'm gonna get you there. So, <laughs> um, so uh, I jump on with get on at the time. Trophy says be on, and then and, and then after a little bit, he pops up, and he's like, "All right, so yeah, this is what it is. Normally, it goes down like this, but." Sometimes he goes, uh, dude just won't won't show through. And I'm like, oh, whatever, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm here for a, a good time, not a long time, so no worries. And we sit there just chatting, catching, each other, catching up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> After about 20 minutes pass, Charlie like, all right, man, I'm going to Wednesday to get a Frosty. I'll holler at you. <laughs> <laughs> and thusly, that uh, did not that end up not getting recorded, so I just had to chuckle that that, 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 that had gone down like that. So I didn't I didn't get that done. But yeah, man, I've been basically doing a lot of uh just behind the scenes podcast work uh these last couple of weeks. I uh, I'm I'm really trying to get the machine that is uh uh Crim Patissier up and running uh, hard because I one, I really enjoy a bit of a great British bake off. And uh two, it's 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 doing okay. It, it's it's doing well. Uh uh Nick had mentioned it on What's the Tea this week, and then somebody reached out to her on Twitter. Was like, hey, where do I find that at? And, and she, of course, sent them the 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 post that I always could always post on Twitter, and so spread the spread the good word. And that person ended up following our our regular show feed, so hopefully that you know means something. And uh, I just I dig it, man. I uh, I really enjoy that show. I really enjoy the work we put in on that show. It is uh, it is more effort than anybody I think really thinks. I'm I'm, I'm we're constantly of uh, discussing. Stuff that we find out about, you know, when we as we do that show, I'm saying things we learn about. Like I'm like, ah, shit, they using this, and I ain't never heard of it. And so, of course, we got to research it. So I'll be finding out about all kinds of flowers and techniques and so forth that the things I've never heard of before. And, and it's fun that even all these years, well, I've been watching Bake Off for at this point a very long time, and it's dope to find things out about uh, throughout, you know, that that show. That I didn't know about like about cookery and just in, and, and baking in general. So I've had a good time. Also, I've been just wildly. That's what I've been doing. You want to know what's what I've really been doing? I've been baking a lot of shit. 
just been having a good time in getting in the kitchen and uh, and doing the damn thing and uh cookies and uh, today I baked a cake but I was, the cake wasn't from scratch it was a box cake but the ice and the frosting was from scratch made uh chocolate frosting from scratch for the first time ever and I'll never go back ever 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 again it is so good good in the way that I was just like that's amazing cuz what it is is it is uh Two-thirds cup of Hershey's cocoa. Okay. Uh, probably any uh, cocoa, cocoa would do. And in fact, probably a nicer brand cocoa could probably make, get you even a, a richer cocoa flavor. Three cups of confectioner sugar. It's so much sugar, but still. Uh, sift both of those. Uh, half a, a stick of butter, half a cup of butter. So an entire stick of uh, butter. I use salted butter, as, if, as uh, we've discussed in the past, because I'm a man. I, I like what salt brings to the table there. Teaspoon of vanilla. And a third of a cup of milk that you kind of splash in as you as you're mixing it up. Mm-hmm. And I I have I had a little bit of chocolate chips left over, so I just dumped that in there. And there, there you go, absolutely gorgeous. It tastes so good. I, t- I had to, I surprised myself on that one. I was just like, well, let's see. And it looks smooth. You know what I'm saying it's it's super pretty, fluffed up real nice. I made everybody in the house taste it. <laughs> it's like yo, Xander. Yeah, and he tried it. He's like, mm, "Okay, pretty good." I'm like, "Thank you, sir." So that has been uh that 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 is what Bake Off has been bringing out in 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 uh, in me besides uh you know uh, podcast production. Yeah, when, I made the kids uh, sing, uh, yeah sing on the what's called on the on the we have a new segment on the podcast that Anthony uh, uh, came up with, and he named it "Bakers Make the World Go Round," and I. Uh, he uh, sang a little bit of how he, how in his in his heart, felt the theme song should be for it, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I will make that happen. And so I, I did. But I the version, the first version I made, it's not that my voice cracked, but the way it uh, uh, came out of uh, the wave, the wave came out of my computer in a way that uh, it was it peaked the audio in a way that that's that just cracked the audio, and I could not fix. I could not figure out how to fix. It. I'm sure there was a way to fix it. I couldn't fix it. And so I ended up redoing it, but I ended up having my kids around. I was like, all right, we all singing it. So we sang it together. And that is a delight. And I know I've been selling y'all this damn show for like the last three weeks, but it's a goddamn really good show. And I'm super hyped for it. I'm super it's proud of what us. we do. Yeah. And so if you fuck with this brand of uh, of, 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 of work, I, you will definitely go up for that. And I like that. It's like, it's not a lot. And who knows? Maybe there are, but I don't seem to find a lot of people of color discussing uh bake off and uh i know we out there i know we watching it and i like that that, that we get that perspective I, I listened to another show uh a bake off podcast and i've been listening to it for a while now it's called bake on it's uh one of the mcelroy brothers productions travis mcelroy the middle the middle mcelroy brother does that with his wife Teresa, and they're so i've taken to not listening to their podcast and so we've uh done our podcast at this point mm-hmm it's just because I don't, I don't ever want to be influenced by what they've said on our show. But their take on Mexican Week. One, the episode, their, their, their episode discussing Mexican Week was all of 20 minutes. Mm. And basically it was just them mad as fuck about Mexican Week. Mm. And I'm like... What part of the South are they from? Uh, Travis is from uh, Huntington, West Virginia. Okay. And uh, but he was raised in the Southern Baptist tradition. That's that's church he attended. So you know what I'm saying. He is not that, but that's how, that's how he came up. So he came up 
in in the south, you know, in the in a southern kind of vibe. And uh, Teresa is from uh, between Cincinnati and Columbus, okay. so somewhere up in up in this part of the state. So, so and that, like I said, that's his wife. And so I I get it. We we were also mad about the episode, but just being mad and then basically not discussing the show itself doesn't does nobody any justice. You know what I'm saying? I come to y'all because I like to have y'all perspective on the show and the banks and things that happen. Not you being angry that they did uh, racist shit because they did racist shit. Yeah, they did. They did racist. It it was a little racist but at the same time it was from a as and as we discussed coming from a place of uh, extreme not knowing like yes. we you know you know Mexico is so close to us yeah um so you know like I said like I said in our text like I make pico like you know a couple times a, um a couple times a month yeah. and I'm, I'm a black dude from uh from Cleveland so Oops. Um, and like they didn't know where they didn't know half that stuff. Like, and like, and, and as we discussed on the show, like seeing um some of them peel avocado was it was absolutely nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, yeah. so they have they have, and it's probably something I should have said on the show, but it's probably it's, it's something I didn't think of until right now. They have a cursory knowledge of the ideal of Mexico. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So they are removed twice, thrice removed from Mexico. And we're not. We are at least, at least, we're, no, they're probably, you know, let's say if they're, if they're four times removed, we're twice removed. You know what I'm saying? I've been to Mexico. Ooh, look at me. But I've been to Mexico and I uh, have a general perspective on Mexico. And I went to like Cancun's. I went to like the chill vibes of Mexico spot. But I did go into Mexico because we, because we went to go see, uh, uh, Chichen Itzu, which is uh, you know a pyramid down there, uh, and uh, we you know hung out in the countryside and ate at, at, at local spots and so forth. So I, I I've had some uh, you know some Mexico under my belt. I like I said I know Mexican people throughout my existence and so forth, and so yeah. I, it just it's it comes with uh it comes with that you know what I'm saying a little bonus perspective on matters, and that they simply don't have you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And so it's like, and that's the, and that's the, like I said, it's like I I can promise you none of the people who know Mexican. Paul probably met some Mexicans when he went to Mexico, but he probably met the most, you know, we are the tourist variation of the theme here to make sure your stay here was nice. You know what I'm saying? Probably not some, you know, you know, down and dirty G's, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. Yeah, like since he's uh, you know, a chef, he probably hung out with other chefs who yeah. um Whose job it is to know other people, other people, other people's culture. Like yep. when he's hanging out with, um, you know, somebody from there, they're probably like already on the even playing field. Like, yep. um, what are you really going to be teaching me about your culture when, like, I'm the dude? <laughs> like, I'm probably spitting stuff at you. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think um, you know a twenty-minute podcast and being angry about it uh, isn't isn't good for your fans. Like they still want to hear what you think. Exactly, and and like and like at one point, Teresa was basically like, 
arguing that Dawn should have won Starbaker. And I was just like, what the mm. fuck is you talking about? Like for this week, I'm like, Dawn did well in Showstopper. Showstopper. That was it. Her 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 fucking uh, uh it saved her. Her yeah, her 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 conchas popped open in the oven, and 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 so they, they weren't baked well. In fact, they were they were almost overcooked. In fact, they they see Paul said they was kind of burnt, right? Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, that's already one strike, and and she came in like fifth in the technical. Like fuck out of here! What makes you think that? And and to her credit, Travis was like, "Hold on, let me get you right, right quick." She's like, "Oh, you're right, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking." So she did correct course, but at first I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> I mean, it was her showstopper was spectacular. Like I don't think I don't know if I mentioned it enough. Like Tres Leche is already like a a wet ass cake. Yeah. But like you can tell by different people's structure, like it was a well baked cake. Because most yeah. of the time, you know, us having tres leche or when I've had it, because I know you don't like it, yeah. I mean, it's like a fucking supermarket cake. And it's not going to be, excuse me, it's not going to be as good as that is. Like yeah. right off the, uh, you know, right off the dribble. So, um, Maxie won that hands down. Yeah, she ran away with that whole fucking this week with all of it. Every step of the way, from from end to end, it was her week. And uh, and and like I said that like that again. I know what it is. They were so angry about the racism that they didn't see stuff right in front of them. Correct. And so I I feel like that episode was a disservice uh, to their listeners, but also whatever. That's me. They probably they you pretty know, much hate watch that the rest of the episode. Like exactly. right, right from the beginning, it's like that Juan joke, and it's like, come on, man. Like you, you watching the rest of the episode with rose-colored glasses on. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Anyway, you should probably listen to Crim Patissier. Crim is spelled with a K. It's on uh it's everywhere. It's everywhere you can get podcasts at, but it's extra dope on Spotify. Uh, because you can interact with it. There's uh there's uh questions and uh polls and so forth and so on. Although the way I wrote the poll out this week, I was like, damn it, I want to fix this. And guess what you can't do after you put the poll up? Can I go you back and, uh, and, and alter it? And so the poll is what it is. And uh, if you got Spotify, I would tell you to jump on and go answer our poll. Also, just give us a hit, us, hit that little five-star button on there. You know what I'm saying? Give us a listen and hit that button. And uh, review us over on uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts. And else, on, uh, on uh, Stitcher, if you get down with Stitcher still. So that that is a... Uh, I do love Stitcher still. Uh, I trust. I trust as much. <laughs> I listened to the Doughboys on it today. Oh, and the mini episode of My Mama Told Me. Nice. Motherfucking mini episode. <laughs> oh, man. So, the other day, <clears throat> like, I was listening to My Mama Told Me, and I seen... Um, let me not get this lady's uh, name. I'm gonna Google while um, while I'm talking. Um, the guest I, I had seen that she was gonna be at hilarities this weekend, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty dope. I should get some tickets. Yeah. But then I I, I um I got busy, and I I never bought the tickets, or I, I, I hemmed and hard about it. And so when I was coming back from um, lunch, I get a phone call. 
and they were like, hey, this is hilarities. Um, you won free tickets. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah. So they were like, okay, you can choose from Yamanika Saunders. I'm like, oh, man, she was on My Mama Told Me Today. Yes, I'll take that, those tickets. She was like, you don't want to hear who else is coming? I was like, eh, if you got it, if you got to tell me, I'll listen. And then um, they told me the rest of the people. And like one thing they um, they offer, it was um, like a crowd work um, where they just pretty much like go through the uh, crowd and DL Hugley you. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm going to go see her this um, this week on the 16th. Dope. Extra, extra dope, man. I'm all about that life. <clears throat> So just dig that you came up on came up like that you attend enough that you're like, hey man, let's uh let's get let's get my man in here to buy, uh, hit the two drink minimum right quick and uh, have a good time. So I fuck with that. That's that's a good time to be had, man. Yeah, yeah usually when we go, <clears throat> we always try to find a restaurant to go to, and every restaurant is either shit or not really shitty, but not, we don't want to go there, or um you know we've been there before. Or we can't find a place because it's, it's a wait, and we end up eating that hilarities anyway. Which their food is pretty good. Um, like their um, their brick oven chicken is delightful. See, I'll just head. I'll just go across the street to Shake Shack, and I'll be straight. <laughs> Man, plus I, I just uh, enjoy Shake Shack. I do enjoy Shake Shack. I haven't been. I I went just the other day. Um. But I didn't get anything. I just got to uh, boy some hot dogs. But I wonder. I love, kinda... your, I, I, I love your children's affinity for hot dogs. <laughs> they they do like hot dogs a lot, and um, especially from um, you know, from places like um, like Five Guys or um, or Shake Shack where they like you know split them in half and grill them good. Yeah, they like a well made hot dog. They don't eat no bullshit. I respect the fuck out of that, bro. Yeah, they. I, I think. Yeah, they. They like good ones or middle of the road ones. Cause um, one time I bought some Angus dogs, mm-hmm. and it was like, it's like, nah, uh, 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 these ain't, these ain't it. Probably seasoned in a funked up way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause sometimes Something. people, people, people want to be too fancy. Like, bro, I don't need you to put the celery salt in there. It's a fucking hot dog. You know what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, c- celery salt or celery period is like one of those things. Like I can take it in dressing. Mm-hmm. But like, if people try to put it on like fried chicken or something like that, like celery salt, I do not dig that shit. And if like they try to put it like um, like in a vegetable juice, I, I, I just it it, I, it, it, it's, it takes over. It's too present. Yes, it, like it, it's like like I'm I'm I like I like cutting up celery in my uh, my my dressing at Thanksgiving time because I only make dressing like at Thanksgiving time at this point. But even then, you gotta be sparse with your celery. You know what I'm saying? Or else it's just gonna be like I'm here, motherfucker. I'm like, we gonna celery it up. And not only that, like we when the um, <clears throat> during Thanksgiving, it's mixed in when you, you, you cook it down, and yeah, um, it's mixed with onions and some sage and everything else. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, um, I damn near cook three times a day now. I'm not looking forward to Thanksgiving. Um, it's 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 one of the, it's one of the few. Well, one my my buddy Justin's supposed to be back up here. Uh, to so from high school, supposed to be back up here to uh visit his dad. So I'm I'm going to get to see him. So I'm pretty hyped about that. 
And like, I, and I'm, and I, like he brings like his whole family. So I get to meet his wife because he just came with his son this last time. So I get to meet his wife and uh, and uh, his daughter, and that'll be uh, kind of, assuming his daughter comes. I'm just you know saying college age. She might be going to kick it with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? You know how that yeah. works. So, but that'll be fun. And uh, so I, plus you know so I always end up having people come through if if they are so inclined. Like just come through here, man. We like I make Thanksgiving if you want to eat eat some whatever. So. Assuming uh that all plays it works itself out, that that that'll be a good time. It's, and it's near enough now that it kind of should be entering my mind. Why should you get that Popeyes turkey again? It was very good. I what I was just thinking about was instead of doing a whole turkey, I think I um, might just uh, grab two breasts. Well, and that's what I end up doing this past Thanksgiving because, like I said, only only me and Lee eat the turkey. Yeah. So I just I just I bought a breast and it was it was a good size breast and it was fine, but I missed the drumsticks. But I mean I guess they sell turkey drumsticks loose usually, so I probably I could yeah. probably come up on a nice uh, smoke drumstick or something like that, you know, or two. Yeah, only Stan eat the drumstick. So <laughs> I mean just, they're big, they're cool looking, they got a vibe. <laughs> I w- it's a a restaurant I think uh, it's a few restaurants I keep on seeing where they got. Um, like turkey drums, and it's like that's what they specialize in. Yeah. Um, maybe um, somewhere in our travels, we'll get to go there. Yeah, man. Got it. I got. I'm. I'm. I am desirous to get back on the road, but I'm also just old and tired. <laughs> so it's a. It's a, it's cool. I can. I can be like, yeah. Like, for right now, I'm alright. I'm alright. Um. But like I said, yeah, yeah, really not, really not a lot in my world this week. So, uh, no need for me to keep you any longer than I need to. So we might as well head on over to uh, you know the mean streets of Reddit. I'm gonna give you a triple take a a, a, a triple dose of uh, of the assholes this week. Ooh, did I keep that other news story? Let me make sure I have all my notes. I think my news. I, okay, I have all my, I have all my news stories taken care of. I don't have. Miami the assholes all taken care of yet because I two of the Miami assholes I pulled had got pulled down from oh, Reddit, no. so I had to pull a couple more, a couple more, uh, another fresh ones. Uh, one got pulled down because the person was straight up banned from Reddit. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was like we didn't do shit. This had nothing to do with us. They this is gone because they got banned from by Reddit. And the other one they pulled down and said, "Don't be telling stories." Basically, <laughs> like don't be out here lying. And so I was like, "Fair enough, fair enough." Uh, but uh, this these these three I have I think will be uh, pretty interesting and uh, so let's get to it. Am I the asshole for asking my boyfriend if he would shave my legs? Hmm. Basically, I twenty five female just had a tubal ligation done a week ago. It's kind of invasive, and I'm healing well, but I cannot bend over whatsoever. It even hurts to sit down. My boyfriend, unbeknownst to me, had just gotten off of work when I called him while I was leaving my own job. He makes his own schedule, whereas I work 8 to 4.30 every day and call him at exactly 4.30 every day. We were just chatting like we do every day when I mentioned that my legs were basically growing a winter coat, Italian coarse hair, yay. And I, I can't, you saw that? I just said Italian and my hands go right to that position. That's, <laughs> that's real fucked up of me. Yeah. And I asked if he would help me out and shave them for me. He said no, because he's uncomfortable with this. And I respect that. 
It did, however, make me sad because I would do these things for him in a heartbeat. I guess he could hear that I was a bit upset and asked if I was mad at him, to which I replied, absolutely not. But I am a bit disappointed. I'm just asking for a little bit of help. Well, he kind of blew up on me, told me that I'm an asshole who doesn't care about him Hmm. at all. He had just walked through the front door and I'm already bombarding him with bullshit to do. Just kept telling me over and over that I don't care about him and I'm a huge asshole. I really didn't know he had, I really didn't know he had just walked in the door and I wasn't trying to be an asshole, genuinely. So Reddit, am I really? I'm on the spectrum, so sometimes I don't quite understand when I'm coming off as an asshole and I would like an unbiased opinion on the matter. So before I get to this edit, just up from, from just what we have here, what do you think of this situation, our standard? Is this person an asshole? Um, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I just kind of feel I kind of feel like he overreacted some. But correct. Um I, does he really have a thing about shaving? Maybe uh <laughs> I, I think he had just got home from work and was kind of grumpy. But what do you think Reddit said about this dude who went off on his his woman who had just had uh, surgery done and thus he could not bend over all the way to shave her legs? I, I'm pretty sure they're going to call, call him my asshole <laughs> and that they should break up. <laughs> so let's read the edit. Well, you guys have certainly opened my eyes to a different problem here. I didn't ri- realize how serious the issue was. I'm really going to think about my future here. I appreciate all your responses and th- thank you for confirming that I'm not crazy for being upset that he would blow up like this. Yes, Reddit, of course, told this woman to probably lead this man immediately. And you know, I get most of the time I'm on that lead this man immediately kind of bullshit myself. But also, I truly think this is just a... Unless it happens all the time, and I and I don't know their relationship, but all I have is what's before me, and it seems like this just happened this time, that she hit him at the wrong time with a weird question that he was like, the fuck? He just got and, home from work, which could yeah. have been a stressful day. Yes. I mean, and I know this happens to me sometimes, like, when somebody asks something unexpected of you that you knew you wouldn't, <laughs> that you knew you, something that you wouldn't do, like you probably probably get angsty about it. Maybe yeah. his angst turned into anger. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully this is just it, it was just a weird moment, and you know, I would I would love to hear an update about him. I, if he apologized or or whatever have you. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any uh, glow in the dark comments, and I don't see any. But let me scroll back up to one I saw that uh. Kind of looked fun. Did I managed to, of course, scroll right past. Where did that go? Ha, I should have just like highlighted it and left it there. But no, I had to scroll. <laughs> ah, here we go. It's from Silver Penny 23. You're not the asshole. Leave that child. Part of a relationship is helping the other when they need it and you are able. I just had my first kid five weeks ago. For the last two months, 
My DH, darling husband, if you were wondering, not only helped me put on my socks, but also helped me with my leg hair. He was concerned about cutting me accidentally, so we got a bottle of Nair before before I was unable to do it myself and muddled through through it a few times to make sure he was comfortable with it. Cleaned up a few vomit trails from our bed to the master uh, bath sink and afterwards spent almost a week helping me dress and change my diapers. Not once did he deny helping me, even when I woke up for him. And he and he's someone who can sleep easily sleep 12 hours a day and loves his sleep. He grumbled, but never said no. The difference there is you are married to him and them others who is dating. And, uh, and they're, they're, part of the reason you're pregnant is his fault. I mean, not fault, <laughs> but he's responsible for it. I, I, I hear you. Yeah, that is a responsible husband and father. Good on him for being that. This other person is not that. <laughs> so I, I, I think Red is being an asshole by saying break up with that man because I don't think she should. Break, I don't think this is a breakup a breakup level offense. It is a nigga. You owe me an apology level offense. Yeah, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's a breakup level offense by any way. I think we part. have our first. Um, Reddit was the asshole. Correct. <laughs> uh, this one. Evan the asshole for parking and expected mother parking. <laughs> I want you to know I have multiple times in my life parked and expected mother parking because I'm always expecting my mother at any time. She can show up, whatever. You never know. <laughs> but let's read this one. I was at Walmart with my mom who is disabled and has a disabled parking. But there was no disabled parking available. The only close parking was for expectant mothers and families. And families. I'm going to put you that one right there, too. See, I feel like that covers everything. So I parked there instead of driving around. Some guy called me out saying he would call mall security. First of all, <laughs> I got to be real with you. Uh, disabled parking is a legal thing. It's represented by and, and has you know legal ramifications to it. You can be fined up to two hundred fifty dollars for parking ass, you know that kind of shit. Expecting mother parking is a thing that some places it's a courtesy. Do. Yeah, it is simply a courtesy. It it don't mean shit. You can call mall security all you want. And all they do is be like, and also don't involve yourself in other people's shit like this. What the fuck is your problem anyway? The worst they can give you is a frown. Like, hey man, you shouldn't do that. But carry right. on. Uh, some guy called me out saying he would call mall security. I told him my mother's disabled and has the disabled parking as well. The guy doubled down and said it didn't matter. I ended up flipping him off, showing him the parking pass. Am I the asshole? Of course you're not the asshole in any way, shape, or form. Uh, edit. Uh, this edit needs to be read before we get any further. Some people have been asking why I didn't just drop my mom off. Well, I'm a cancer survivor with mobility issues, so it's difficult to walk far. But my doctor won't sign off on a pass. I only park in disability parking when with, when with my mom. I will park in regular spots when I'm by myself. The last time I dropped my mom off to wait for me, she fell on her knees, which buckled. And then she fell on her face, which injured her nose. Oh, shit. We had to go to the emergency. I never park in family parking unless as a last resort. I hope that clarifies. No, this you're you're simply not an asshole. Uh, again, I personally have parked in expectant mother parking, and I have made my own reasons for doing that. And I just don't <laughs> I, whatever. I simply, uh, it's like 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 we just said. That is a, a simply a courtesy. Also, I'm never parking there to go shopping. That is me running like here. I got to run in and grab go grab this damn cake or a loaf of bread or whatever I'm grabbing and run back out. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm ever going to be there for a stretch of time. It is simply a move. 
And uh, yeah, that's what's just, that's just what's up. So, and also again, now that she says expect a mother and family, well, guess what? You and your mother are definitely family, and I think that counts for me. I'm just I'm t- I'm ticking off that box. But we have one nice glow in the dark comment right here at the top of the thing, so that's lovely. And it says, and this is by uh, Bio Biatch, <laughs> who is an asshole enthusiast in these Reddit, these Reddit streets. Not the asshole. In my opinion, disabilities get priority over expectance in those with children, as having children is largely a choice. Disability isn't. Also, how did he know you weren't an expectant mother? At what month of pregnancy does it become acceptable to park in these spots? Personally, the, the others need to mind their own business. His question didn't justify a response from you. Edit. Also, absolutely hilarious. The individual who has spewed all the BS about your mother's rights and then deleted their comments has reported me to Reddit claiming that I need mental health support. Seriously, dude? Wow, okay. Uh, edit two. My first ever award. Thank you. Final edit. I am not going to respond to any more comments because I'm just having the same discussion over and over again. So whatever uh, this person said got uh, got the rest of this subreddit riled up. And I just have to chuckle about that. Reddit be on one some days, y'all. No, this one was clearly not an asshole. Take that parking spot. You take that bananas. You take those bananas and you and you do whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. God, no, no, like it's like um like they'll have sometimes like the um, you know parking parking spots for veterans and, and stuff like that. Like, how do you know I'm not a veteran? I could park here. I'm a I these streets. I'm a, I'm a vet in these streets, and I have fought in multiple uh, battles in Call of Duty over the years. I'm a veteran of some sort, of some ilk. And you just have to deal with it. From Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> Vietnam, the Middle East, been all over these fucking streets, bro. Y'all just ain't ready for it. Y'all ain't ready to have that conversation. I'm over here copying and pasting this uh this last one to my notes so I'll have it available. Okay. All right, last one. Am I the asshole for waking my husband up to drive me to pick up my car when I left my keys in my locker at work? Hmm. A couple weeks ago, I accidentally left my car keys in my uniform pants at work and left my pants in my locker. I don't wear my uniform uniform home for multiple reasons. I just bring it home to wash. I have two. I realized when I got to the subway station where I parked that I left my keys back at work. A half hour train ride and no guarantee I'd be able to get back in the building. It was after midnight. I called my husband to ask him to bring me the spare key. 22 times. Twenty. Oh, you called your husband 22 times. Jesus Christ. I tried my son, but he he was asleep. He's 19 and has a car and didn't wake up when I called a second time. And I tried a friend. I didn't want to call too many people because, again, it was after midnight. I kept calling my husband, hoping eventually he'd hear his phone. I wound up taking an Uber home. I needed to get my car, get to my, get my car because they ticket after 2 a.m. usually. So when I got home and I was pretty upset that I'd called 22 times and he hadn't answered, I continued trying to call him the whole way home in the Uber. Hmm. When I got home, I went inside up to the bedroom and woke him up. I was pissed that, that had this been a serious emergency, which I would actually classify this as an emergency, but that's me. 
I wouldn't have been able to get through to him. He kept saying he had my number in his favorites so that if I called twice the second time, it, it would go through. But he had the phone set on silent and then put it on top of something soft so he didn't hear it vibrating. He complained that I was mad at him for something I did. I replied that no, I was mad at me for forgetting my keys. That was 100% on me. I was mad at him for not having his phone on, that he was unreliable in an emergency, which thankfully this wasn't a huge one. Huge emergency, yeah. So am I the asshole for waking him up and being pissed off that I couldn't reach him when it wasn't a big emergency? But what if it had been? Um... So my phone goes on do not disturb after 11 p.m. Yeah, mine but, just kicked in. <laughs> yeah, literally, I see. Yeah, actually, I see the little moon just popped up. So, but if you go to my, my list of favorites, and I'll, I'll just rattle you off my favorites. In order, it's Vanessa, it's Xander, it's Lee, it's my mama, it's Aunt, it's Gabriel, it's Dan, it's my big sister, it's my next door neighbors, and my big brother. That's my favorites. If any of those people call me, my phone will ring anyway. Just go. It just it, 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 it it'll never shut off for them. You know what I'm saying? Not, uh, anybody else call me? It's like whatever. Sorry, bro, you ain't gonna get me. But those people call me or text me or anything. My phone is going to buzz in a way that I'm like, oh shit. Uh, my phone goes on my nightstand right next to me uh, at night, so it's on a hard surface. You know what I'm saying? So it's right there next to me, and. Uh, Therefore, I can answer my phone in the clutch for those people. If you are not on that list and are offended, no, don't be. Just tell me you expect me. I expect you expect to be on the favorites list, and I'll, <laughs> I, I'll get I'll get you there. <clears throat> Worry not. But uh, that's what's up. That's what's that's what's on my 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 list of uh, context of how, of how that works. So I fully understand this woman saying, "Bruh, I called your ass twenty two times. You are." unreliable at that point. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. And uh yeah, every now and again if I if I don't edit out the show, you'll hear Ant's phone uh go off of with his lady's uh his late specific uh text uh notification. Like we are prepared at all times, even during the middle of this show, to answer our 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 our, our partners or children or whatever because that's what it is. You gotta be ready. You stay ready so you don't got to get ready. This dude's an asshole. Like, <laughs> I'm so I'm so mad at him. Like, like she's like she, like this person says. I don't know if they uh, identified uh, a gender. Uh, if this had been a situation, they was fucked. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, like twenty two times. That is that's 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 an insane amount of times to call somebody and not get through to them. Yeah, you, you, I'm just, I am astounded. You are her flowers and dinner, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's some levels to this. I ain't saying she should leave you because, you know, whatever. This ain't, this is, I'm not down with Reddit like that, yeah. but still. Um, here's a comment, though. I'd like to see this. Uh, let's see. All right, it's two comments. So, so somebody's responding to somebody else. Let's see. You're the asshole. He's right. You're mad at him for something you did. Mm. Him having his phone in silent was an accident. Mm, no, you can't accidentally put your phone on silent. Can you put your phone accidentally on silent? I mean, I don't know. Maybe in the Android world, that uh, could be a thing. I mean, anybody can uh, can hit a button and, um, you know, 
I'd probably make it go on silent, but um it's not it's not it's not highly likely. Like sometimes like the rocker on my phone will be in my pocket and it'll turn back on like the volume will go up or something like that, and I'll notice my mm-hmm. phone on. Stranger things have happened. So like on my phone, I don't know if you can see it. Right there, that's actually a switch, a physical switch mm. that's on and that's silent. And then, so, like, there is no for me accidentally doing shit, <laughs> but that's me. Like I said, other people's phones may be different, so I can't call them. Yeah, of uh, the person responded to that saying, Say you've never been unable to reach somebody in an emergency without saying you have never been able to un- unable to reach somebody in an emergency. You will understand why OP is not the asshole when you have been through this experience. For me, it was having food poisoning while six months pregnant while my husband was off gallivanting on a mountain and didn't leave his route and having to have the sheriff go look for him in hopes they might find him. Unfortunately, he did, and it was a very awkward 30-minute snowmobile ride down the mountain for my husband because the sheriff drove, drove the point home just how much of an idiot he was by not telling him that I was recovering from food poisoning until they got to the parking lot and would be okay. He made sure my husband suffered from from the worry. <laughs> Women go missing at park and ride locations late at night. For husbands not to be reachable to the extent is beyond ridiculous. Yeah. So the person who said this person's an asshole is an asshole. And uh, come on, bro. Oh, my God. This person right here. Every person, anybody who says you're the asshole, you can, can eat a bag of dicks, bro. This person <laughs> says you're the you're the asshole. Your first move here would have been taking an Uber home. Calling someone 22 times in a row should be reserved for emergencies only. Guess what the fuck this was, homie? And calling your friends after midnight over a minor inconvenience is totally inappropriate. You could have 100% solve this non-emergency situation yourself, but you decided to make it everyone else's problem. No. You you got me fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So no, this this woman is not the asshole. I feel terrible for her for having had to suffer through this, and her husband definitely owes her a dinner and some flowers, and uh, he can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. Um, that's the that's your Emma the assholes for the week. Worry not, you know what I'm saying they were great. I enjoyed them. I hope you did too. And if you want to read them yourselves or, or just get into the comments later, the, they are of course links in the show notes. Uh, just scroll down; they should be right there for you. Uh, I I know it seems just uh, like repetitive, but to tell you this, I'm, I'm telling you this this go around. I am playing, still playing Deathloop on Xbox. I played and beat Deathloop on PlayStation last year when it when it went out when it came out. Playing Deathloop again now is like playing a whole new game because I am getting deeper into the lore of the game. I, I have opened up doors that I never even knew could be opened in that game. Because I've, I've dug further into the lore and have been reading notes that I find. And it says, come back here at this time. And, of course, I found a whole nother slab in that game that I didn't know existed. And slabs are just the power-ups in that game. And I'm just like, this is crazy. I, this, this is a whole different game to me. I, I have I have insane weapons right now. Like, just saying these, uh, they, they have weapons that are classified as uh, standard video game tropes of uh, gray, uh, blue, purple, and uh, and what I have right now, the gold weapons, and I have uh, three out of the four possible gold weapons. I'm just 
it's so good. I'm having such a good time with it. And uh, and like I said, it's I just missed so much the first time I played it. And that's and I thought I really I thought I you know dug deep and played it played it a specific way. But no, it turns it turns out my my deep was yeah, not deep enough. And, and this game has a has had a lot more digging to do. So I, I very much have enjoyed uh, getting back into Death Loop, and uh, I would I would tell you if you have it available on your on your system to uh, to get down with uh, some of that there, because it's very very good. I have not been playing anything else. I messed around with Fortnite a little bit, but I've not been so much into Fortnite's uh, current season. The kids been playing it, they've been enjoying it, but I have not been uh, super into the current season of Fortnite. Uh, I am now behind on Abbott, so I got to watch uh, the most recent episode. Um. Of course, like I said, I watch Bake Off, but I watch Bake Off so many times for, for prep for Bake Off. It's like that's a it's a it's a it's a big deal. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that show that show gets watched on a, on a whole different level. Uh, I watched the She Hulk finale here earlier this evening. It was so good. It was I laughed because I saw of uh, this morning. Uh, uh, Dexter, I don't know if y'all know Dexter. Dexter, if you a fucking black eye tips, uh, Dexter and him, they used to do like uh, voice work and shit together. And I actually met Dexter because he came up here to Ohio at one point for Shadow a film Productions. Yeah, so I, I, I uh, to say I know Dexter is probably a little too far, but I have met Dexter in real life and dapped him up and hung out with him. So I guess I can you say I know Dexter. And he was, he seemed, his post seemed to say he was disappointed in uh, the finale of She Hope. And I knew from right then that I was going to be hype about She-Hulk because Dexter has and I have very different tastes. And I very much loved the She-Hulk finale. It was very fun, very much in keeping with the show. Uh, you and, and the comic for that record, for that matter. Uh, it might be my favorite of the Marvel TV shows. Having said that, now of course there's a recency bias there and so forth and so on, and who knows what it'll be in a couple of weeks. But fresh off of that bitch, I really, really loved it, and I love Hawkeye. I super love Ms. Marvel. Super love Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel was was like a very special show to me. Like saying, I love WandaVision. I love Loki. I super love Falcon Winter Soldier, and uh, so forth and so on. But She Hulk was my shit, man. It just it did everything. It did so much right. And I feel like it wrapped up very well, you know. I've only watched WandaVision and uh, She-Hulk. Like the rest of them, I kind of dabbled in, but this is the uh, She-Hulk is my favorite so far. Okay. Yeah, man, it was it was good. I like the way that 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 that, that settled up. <laughs> and then, of course, I need to look up uh, one of the the things that happened toward the end of that episode. That's like, is that a thing? In fact, let me do that right now. That way, I got that information in my brain. Yeah, we still have to watch it. Um, I think we have like an episode of Atlanta to watch. Of course, like Abbott and um, she Hawk will probably watch tomorrow. But um, this week, um, I've still been playing um, Streets of Rage 4 because of the survival mode is just fun. Because every week is a new um, new survival uh like format and that's been pretty fun um i watched the jeffrey dahmer on documentary which it's just weird um like the documentary is pretty much 
um, told through the eyes of his one of his lawyers. And I don't know. I just kind of feel like they they try to humanize him a little bit in that, which I don't really like. Um, yeah. I just kind of like. Not that he wasn't a human, just the fact is like, I, I, I want a little bit l- less bias. Like, you know, pushing to tell his stories. Like, I kind of feel like I want to hear it just on a level playing field. Not, oh, he was a nice guy, soft spoken. I don't want to hear all that. Like, just give me the cold hard facts. Um, so I watched that, um, I watched, uh, this movie called X on Showtime. Um, mm-hmm. it takes place in 1979. It's like, it's a, it's a horror movie where it's like a group of people are shooting a adult film in the, in the, out in the country and murder ensues. Um, it stars Kid Cudi. And Brittany Snow, uh, Jenna Ortega, and a couple other people I, I don't remember. But what's interesting about this movie is it's going to end up being a, a trilogy. Um, what I can't think of, I think the lady name is May something, but she plays a character the, like the one of the lead actresses in a movie. She plays the antagonist and the protagonist in the movie, like. And she plays like this older lady. And while they were shooting it during COVID, um, the director got the idea. It's like, you know what? While we're having some downtime, you want to shoot another movie and play the same character? And she said, yeah. And so she, this movie has a prequel. And after that, it's going to be, uh, before this year is out, it'll be a third movie like with the same character. So they, they, they pretty much shot a sequel and... Like and it all come out in one year, so it was pretty interesting. Um, I watched. As a matter of fact, I watched that today. Um, what else have I been watching? Um, I finished season two of um, uh, the the Cain, uh, Raising Canaan on Stars. Okay. Um, it was all right. It got it. I kept. On, I, I've been pushing myself. Not to watch stuff I've been watching. So I've been watching uh, Raising Canaan and um, Young Shelton. Young uh, Shelton. Okay. Um, which I guess are both shows about people on other shows when they were kids. I guess that's where it lines up at. And, I mean, of course, like, like T said, we've been watching Bake Off, um, which is always an enjoyable show, which... Usually I, I I watch it between two and three times. It depends on um, the time I have and um, if sometimes I watch just to see the edits and like see if it's really telling like a more of a narrative through the the edits. Sometimes it is, and sometimes they try to trick you, I, but. That was pretty much my week of entertainment. Good shit. Well, yeah, I, I love to hear it. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I list anything out of the ordinary? 
I think just my standard podcast fare. I I, I, had, I hadn't realized I have like multiple episodes of heavyweights I heavyweight to listen to. Oh man! So I'm like, oh shit! Let me get back on that. And that's still only on Spotify. I I only listen to it on Spotify. You know, say I used to I used to have it come to my phone, but yeah, I guess so. Um, it's, a, it's a Spotify exclusive. Um, I wonder how his uh, is um, how his parents doing. Yeah, exactly. Because they were they were super old. So um, yeah, but his dad Buzz because he used to have another show, and his dad and his mom were always on the show. Yeah. Like when I when I was watching um, somebody feed Phil. Um, it was crazy. Like you know, the first couple seasons. Um, his mom and his he'll always do like a FaceTime video with his mom and his dad. Then it was only with his dad. Then his dad wasn't on there. And I was just like, that shit was kind of heartbreaking. It's like yeah. um every season or every couple seasons, like he lost the parent. So like, no. <laughs> yeah, it was like when I was watching like the most recent season and he like was talking to Paul Riser. I'm like, damn, his dad must be gone. Oh, jeez, Louise. Fuck, I know that Paul Riser has, has had a bit of a just a return Resurgence, of you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of fuck with that. Um, speaking of podcasts, you know what I'm saying? Adnan Syed, the focus of the uh, first serial. I talked about uh, a few weeks back how he had been uh, released from jail, and uh, this week the the uh, prosecutors in uh following uh, DNA testing uh, said they would uh, not be bringing uh, bringing him back to trial. He is a, a, a free and clear man all the way out. And uh, I f- he, he lost the bracelet? Yeah, yeah. He's no longer under house arrest. They, he literally was having it taken off at that, during the last article I was, I was reading about it. Um, I am glad that, 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 that an innocent man, a seemingly innocent man, has been freed. I feel so bad for uh, the Lee family having to relive this, relitigate this, and so forth and so on. And I truly hope uh, uh, these prosecutors do have a suspect or suspects that will be tried and hopefully convicted for uh, the murder of, of, of Heyman Heyman Lee. So, uh, but yeah, man, I feel terrible for the Lee family. It's just super shitty that they have to go through this. The, you know, saying they believe they and, and, and no no point in time that the uh, the prosecutor's office uh, reached out to them to say that the, that Adnan was initially being released, and then not, not nothing about oh shit we ain't, we we DNA testing he's straight on that too. They just they didn't say shit to them. They just let this family just suffer, and it's bullshit. So yeah, I, yeah. Hopefully. Um... With all this, they're just building the case against the person who they feel like is honestly did it this time because it's crazy. Like, my thoughts were always that um, I don't know who did it, so I'm never going to really try to take a side to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, it got to be a terrible feeling to keep on having to go through this every couple years. Like, with no real um, finality to it, so yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. Let's remember, people, all cops. Just gonna point that out one third time this episode. But there you go. 
I said, you have you have just been, you know, served up some good, good. I think we did pretty well for you. I'm saying it's just we're just a, a two man booth. It's been a long time since we just had did a, a two man booth. So uh, that, that's what's popping with that. Been a long, long time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, housekeeping as always, please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. Uh, go give us a subscribe over on our YouTube channel and over on uh, Twitter. So like you said, Twitter is is like the hookup because I post the shows, you know, over there. So you can always end up finding what you need if you if you can't find it anywhere else. Now you think probably thinking, well, what if they listen to it right now and heard you talk about this? What the hell? But, you know, everybody it can, it can be a new person every week, and so we want to give them the guidance they need to figure out what we need up there. If you want to support the show financially and have a few bucks to toss away, you can join us over on Patreon. Remember, it's at the five dollar above tier. Get extra content each month and early access to new shows. I need to get you guys up uh, an episode. Uh, I have not done that this month. Sorry, I forgive me for that. Well, we also have merch available over at tpublic.com slash users slash stage crunching milk, all one word. Sh- shirts, mugs, stickers, all that available right there to be had. Feel free to give us a call at 216-264-6311. That's 216 264 That's the hotline for all the shows. Just give us a call there if you want to talk about anything. Just say what you're calling about, and uh, it will end up going where it goes to. And speaking of which... Got a couple of those this week. So let me get that all set up. Let me double click here. Of course, it's you know it's a little more involved than uh, one would think. You always got to do it twice. Let us, let us see. Let us see if... Because uh, for whatever reason, today it seems to know what it's doing. So let's see if this just goes. It went! Check that out. All right. This is from the the homie uh, WJK, William Jackson Kent. Thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, let me know if you hear when I push play at. Hello, everybody. i uh, got a yeah. lot of stuff to discuss. I've had multiple episodes to discuss, so we'll get into it. Uh, I guess, first of all, everybody who's celebrating a birthday, happy birthday. What a gift haul. That sounded wonderful. Uh, everybody in fun employment, eh, man, fun employment does have a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, but let's hope everything resolves itself to, uh, well, the way it's supposed to be resolved and, uh, get through that, get through that period. You guys are talking about chili. I don't know if you've brought this up before. I imagine you have, uh, your take on the Cincinnati style. I've never had it or Ohio Valley pizza. Uh, so I don't know where you'd rank it. I'm really not interested in trying. That's that's my that's my thing. But I don't know. I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about that. Um, so that's this week. Let me go back to last week. Uh, friendlies, totally miss friendlies. I'm sure the food's not as good as I remember, but it seems to be in every mall. Used to love getting their cheeseburgers or whatever, the little toothpicks with the American flag. It seemed like a good thing at the time. Um, <laughs> but you have to go up to Buffalo. There's, a, there's, there's one outside of Buffalo, and I think that's the closest one to around here. Um, yeah, old time sake. And about meanness. I remember, and I can't believe it's 10 years ago, doing a lot of stuff, you know, campaigning and, and, and organizing. And uh, one of my, I guess, mentors was from Jersey. And I can't remember northern, southern, whatever. But she had worked and kind of and lived in both New York and, and Philly, so she was very familiar with both. She said, compared to those places, the Cleveland area was mean. She, she considered it mean. She said people would smile at you and kind of the exact opposite of what you might hear. 
people in Philly, people in New York would smile at her and say hello, and everybody's talking to each other. It's a wonderful, almost like a small town. This place, not so much. Um, so, yeah, that, that's been traveling for a while. Interestingly enough, she's kind of bounced back and forth from here. She went back to Jersey, Bay Area. Now she's in Columbus. So be interesting to see what the, the difference is between uh, Cleveland and Columbus on that. And, um, well, that's it. Multiple episodes to talk about. Uh, you guys have a great day and so on. And uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Okay, I gotta stop uh, I've got a lot Sorry. of stuff. To- it just re- repeated itself. I, um, I have never had any desire to eat Cincinnati chili. Uh, the way I've been told, it uh, has, I believe, cinnamon in it and is yes. poured over uh, pasta. And uh, none of the, and it doesn't have beans, and none of that sounds good to me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm not like a big fan of um, food with savory, warm spices in it, like nutmeg and cinnamon. And just not a big fan of it, and I don't eat beef, so um, I've never tried it. I remember uh, <laughs> we 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 don't live far from Mayfield, and. Um, my partner, she tried the Skyline Chili, which is Cincinnati style. Uh, she went in and like she got it on some fries and was pissed. She's like, "This is so nasty." I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry." Um, but hey, I don't, I don't have any desire. Maybe if you know, if they had some turkey chili, maybe I'll try it one day. But I kind of, I don't, I, I, I like chili with beans in it, so yeah. Um, but I I know um my son wanted a chili dog and um I kinda I put the you know I took a little bit of chili out and I put the immersion blender in it. So yeah. I, I mean I made it uh, real fine for him and I guess that's um almost Cincinnati style. Yeah. Probably more Coney style, so that more Detroit yeah, there you go. You know, in the Detroit vein. So and he loved hey, but that. check it out. When uh, next time Vanessa makes a uh, uh, chili, I will uh, try to whip up some, uh, some spaghetti noodles and I'll pour it on top of it and let you know what I think. <laughs> we'll call it. Uh, we'll call it a dancing nutmeg. Yeah, we'll call it Kyle Hogger style and see what we got out. Uh, again, we got a couple more voicemails, but I think it, it's just a, it's it's one voicemail and then a, a quick follow up. So let's get to that. Let me know if you can hear it. Hey, gentlemen, yes. gentlemen, gentlemen. And Gabriel. Uh, Colin to talk about the last two episodes. So, because, yeah, you should have seen this coming. Um, to begin, my weird porn movie that I had, actually, I bought it because it looked kind of pretty. And I thought it was really artsy, artsy was Catherine. But it got super weird, super fast. None of it made sense. And it just ended in a very sad orgy, like literally a sad orgy. The girl was crying. It was a mood killer. Um, By the way, I'm at work doing this stuff. So let's hope I have a job after today. (laughs) Uh, I'm kidding. I'm by myself. And... In regards to the, um, am I the asshole? Should, like, is that bro, like, Adam's right. It is, uh, the girl should definitely, like, teach her boy, uh, teach her, uh, boyfriend that, like, 
you don't act like this. You need to you need to learn and kind of grow and be able to stand up for someone. Uh, does it suck that it feels like she has to be the one to do it? Well, yeah, but you know, campsite rule: leave them better how you leave them better than how you found them. Um, and I thought she would know about that because that is actually a Dan Savage thing: the campsite rule. Uh, let's see what else did you guys talk about? Oh, G getting lost. That's not unusual. I fully expect him to get lost when he comes out to Arizona trying to get to my house and ending up in Mexico. Uh, with my kid giving them directions. These are just facts, people. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm glad you didn't end up in Canada. Although they have really, they have that healthcare thing going on. So, am I, so maybe you kind of lost out on that one. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I think that's everything. I had more stuff, but my brain kind of doesn't work anymore because, of course, it doesn't. But, uh, as always, I love the show. I can't wait till I can afford to be a Patreon again. Um, oh, oh, you guys got to come out to Arizona eventually. Oh, oh. That's hey, gentlemen. Let's call back and wrap it up. <sighs> yeah. All right, I remember the other thing. Did Gable <laughs> get lost in Canada? Going to Canada because he was on mushrooms. Did he try mushrooms without me? We were going to try mushrooms together. You promised me you would. I'd be your Sherpa. We agreed on this. Don't 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 argue with me though. All right, that was it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we had a a, a relatively lengthy discussion about uh, the silver Koki. Uh, guiding her brother through uh, uh, a potential uh, mushroom uh, trip because uh, we have a, a, a group chat together that we sometimes get, get involved with. So that, that was a, a pretty a fun little situation. So it's a that's a that's a that's a little inside baseball for you. Um, gosh, what was I going to address? Uh, one sad orgy, probably your show title. I was very happy with that. So well done, uh, lady. <laughs> As a, I'm more than a little happy with that as a potential show title. <laughs> I'll definitely get the uh, the old listeners in. I I have no idea what else I was going to talk to you about because, like I said, it's just it just slipped from my mind. But thanks for giving us a call, y'all. Good to hear from you. Uh, always always a delight, and and so forth and so on. And uh, you too could be on the show too. Like I said, give us a call two and six two six four six three one one. It's right there, baby. You can enjoy it. Uh, shout out to our missing men's to uh, Lushbox two zero nine nine. Feel better, baby. Uh, to uh, the real ODP. May your internet issues uh, be solved uh, in the in the in the near and uh, not the far. Uh, that is Tatum two one six. Yes, I made it. We here. <laughs> I am the Interstellar seven thirteen. You've just been podcast too. I know you loved it. We will catch you next time. Peace. Hey, what happened to you?